Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. Visit me on my website at narctroopers.com where you're going to find all kinds of goodies to help you on your journey to recovery from narcissistic abuse. Today's topic is called IDGAF or no contact. You know what IDGAF means. I don't give a fudge-sickle. <laughs> so the goal here is indifference towards the narcissist to get to that wonderful place where we can think about them and not have some meltdown, panic attack, anxiety, um, you know, breaking no contact, blurring our boundaries, feeling helpless, having like kind of like an intrusive thought OCD moment where we just have to reach out to them. We just have to hear their voice. We just have to see them. We just have to say yes when we know we need to say no. How do we get to that place where we just don't give a budgetical, right? How do we get there? So let's talk about that today. Following disengagement, we'll call it disengagement or discard from a person with NPD. The most common advice is to go no contact. This protective response prevents Hoover's and further exploitation from the narcissist by cutting off all avenues to uh, connect, confront, communicate, all that stuff. Um, so here's my argument. This is my claim or my causal argument. I believe something happens that causes something else. So here it is. I believe that no contact often fails because the desire to make contact is still so strong and alive and well and powerful. Therefore, uh, IDGAF is a more realistic and final goal to achieve freedom and healing. So I understand that no contact is a way to finally get to the place where you don't give two Fs about the narcissist. I do understand that that is like a, a way to make that happen, sort of a prerequisite or something. But uh, there's a lot of people who 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 have successfully executed the no contact, but they still haven't gotten to that part where they just don't care. And that's where we want to be. We want to be indifferent, apathetic, just like we don't care. We don't want to know. We don't need to think about them. Uh, we just don't care at all, uh, even a little bit about anything that has to do with them. They are history and we just um, erase them like they did us. So a person can still feel attached and crave the narcissist and be tempted regularly to break no contact. And while it's this great first step, like I said, it's important to maintain no contact in order to get the distance needed to sort of reclaim your mind. But it's also important to disconnect completely and try to get to that emotional detachment place where you can just release them and their hold on you. And, and it's then 
when you no longer care about the narcissist that no contact becomes easy. So it's almost kind of like you've got two things to achieve, not one. So let's look at this a little bit more. What are the reasons why no contact often fails? Well, here's my first contention. No contact fails because of the addiction factor. People who have been in relationships with people suffering from NPD are addicted and trauma bonded and have peptide addiction and neurochemical brain addictions to the narcissistic partner. Through elaborate seduction, love bomb cocktails, intermittent reinforcement, parentification, mirroring, and other insidious techniques that the narcissist is most likely, you know, unaware that they're even doing, these things, you know, they're, well, their significant other is hijacked from all these and it's a sort of a cult-like brainwashed hypnotic kind of way where the narcissist co-ops their conscience and consumes them like a snake swallows a mouse. If a person is paralyzed and mind effed into submission by a narcissist, they have a very hard time uh, cutting ties and staying sober, achieving sobriety from this relationship addiction. And the dynamics work just the same as it does with AA or NA. You know, I had someone ask me, how can you help people and do uh, therapy sessions and write all these articles and make all these podcasts when, you know, you're not fully recovered yourself, you know, um, she said, I heard somewhere, read somewhere that you, you need to be totally healed before you can heal others. And while there is some truth to that, I want you to think about, um, AA, uh, or even NA, narcotics, um, anonymous, um, you know, with things like that, the people running it, people who are there that are the sponsors, that are the facilitators, they're all um, former alcoholics, drug addicts, and they have had the experience firsthand, and they're still, every day is a, is a new day of sobriety, and it's never over, really. You never get where you can say, okay, I'm done. I don't have to go to meetings. I'm healed. I'm free of it. Not exactly. I mean, it's, it's something you have to maintain kind of like weight loss programs and going to Weight Watchers. It's the same concept. You know, if you don't do active things to maintain it, then you slide right back down into it, whether it's drinking, drugging, um, food, or in this case, uh, addiction to a narcissist or a dysregulated person like a psychopath, something like that. Um, you know, the people in that situation, they crave the narcissist like a drug and they can't even think clearly because of cognitive dissonance and all of this neurochemical dysregulation in their brains. So addiction is the number one reason I think why it is just so hard to um, maintain no contact. Okay, so the second one, contention number two, 
the shared mutually psychotic fantasy that the couple lived in during their time together um, causes a disconnect from reality where the significant other has trouble recognizing fact from fiction, um, fib from fact, you know, the hallucinatory venom injected into their veins remains in there for a really long time and alters their perceptions. They're unable to see the narcissist as a developmentally fossilized five-year-old insane dead clown child who is incapable of authentic emotions that make them human. They just can't see it. They, they don't see any of these red flags and danger signs and they can't heed the warnings from friends and family members either. They just give their soul and their, you know, to the proverbial devil and seal their fate with their mentally impaired mate. <laughs> that rhymes. They seal their fate with their mate. Um, they defend him and excuse him and forgive them and choose them above all others over and over and over again. And this kind of blind allegiance and rejection of reality and surrendering of power prevent them from achieving successful no compact, no contact campaign. Um, so that second one here that has to do with the shared fantasy, you're in never, never land, fantasy land, la la land. You are in Oz. It's magical. It's dazzling. It's not real. Everything is brighter because it's been enhanced with colored lights and, um, you know, technologically, technologically enhanced, um, you know, photoshopping or editing or something. It's, 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 uh, not good. Okay. So contention number three triggers are a bitch and they are all around you in a world made smaller by the internet. Um, relief is just a click away. Temptation is always right beside you. It's way too easy and, and quick to take a peek. What are they doing? I'm going to check out their social media. Who are they with? Um, what are some new things happening? Where have they been? Uh, like, what do they look like now? And, you know, you just start going to that dark place. Um, so you indulge in a pop-in. It's kind of like a drive-by, only you're not driving. You're just sitting there on your phone or on your computer. And you're just going to pop in. Just do a little quick pop into their Instagram page or to their Facebook or to their LinkedIn or to their Twitter or whatever. And you're just going to check it out. Just take a little quick peek. Um, it's just too easy. You know, um, then there's like um, the accidental pop-up picture of the two of you kissing and laughing that comes up, you know, sometimes I get that on Facebook. It's like, you have memories from 10 years ago. You have memories from 15 years ago. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see it. But then I do. And then it's like, oh, I remember that. And then off to the races we go. Um, it just opens the floodgates. The, um, the anonymous quality of the internet and everything, you know, it's like, who's going to know that I looked? Is he going to know that I was looking at pictures and, and stuff about his life? Um, 
it feels harmless, right? It feels like, who's that, who's that going to hurt? But then it triggers this death spiral back into despair and depression and panic and anxiety. And then you have to start all over again. It's like a board game. You know, you lose, you go back to the beginning. You're like, damn it. Everybody else is almost to the finish line. I'm here back at the mini, you know, at the beginning. Give me those dice. Let me get out of here. This sucks. Um, so, you know, you don't want to have start over again, but you do every time you look at their social media and stuff. So, um, you know, this, the endless cycles of breaking no contact and starting over, you know, it's like day one, day two, day three. And, and it's just when you think that you've gotten them out of your head space and your heart space, then bam, you fall off the wagon again and break the sobriety streak and get absolutely destroyed by what you see. And you just marinate in misery endlessly. Sound familiar? I bet it does. Cause you know, it's happened to all of us. So, so what do I want to say? No contact. Here it is. No contact is, is an effective strategy to detox and to get clean. It's going to give space to do the hard um, work that, you know, you have to do in recovery. It, it even helps facilitate, I don't give a fudge cake, um, because, you know, you can't ever get to that place where you're indifferent and apathetic about them, where you don't just give two Fs about it. Um, you want a zero emotional flatline response to anything they say, do, or anything that pops up. No contact is simply just not enough because, you know, there's still too many temptations. They're, they're all around you. You're saturated with triggers and memories and this and that. And, oh boy, you know, it's, it's just a lot. Um, and it keeps you in a dangerous position of potential relapse. So clearly no contact does not work for a lot of people add to that the number of people who have children with the narcissist or who work in the same place or in a situation where they share some mutual investment or something there's no real way to successfully implement just oh i'm going to use gray rock strategy yeah you know that's one small tool in your toolbox sure but is that the overall overarching big picture plan that you have in place to recover, just do a little gray rock and be unresponsive, play like a rock, play dead. You know, you're playing possum is what you're doing. When you're doing gray rock, you're just playing possum. You know, you're just laying there like some cute little possum and pretending to be dead. And you know, that's all fine and good, but you can't live your life like that. So the end goal after the discard or disengagement, shall we say, um, it, or the divorce or the dissolution of the relationship. <laughs> there I go with all the D words again. So the end goal, the end goal after all those D words, um, should always be complete zero emotional response. That's what you want. Zero. You don't want a negative response. You don't want that. You, you don't want any. You want to just have nothing, zero, zip, nada, zilch. You don't care if the narcissist wins a million dollars and buys a castle in fairyland 
um, to house his collection of hapless victims. You know, money can't buy morals or protection from STDs. You don't care if he finds a replacement and has a house full of beautiful children with this beautiful new wife. And, you know, because you know how it's going to end. You don't care if he sets himself on fire at the intersection of Grandiose Boulevard and Magical Thinking Avenue. Because, you know, he, uh, he may think he won't burn. But, um, you know, he will be crispy as grandma's chicken. He's, he's going to burn. He's going to be crispy critter. Sure he is. Um, he's not immune from all the stuff he thinks. He can't walk on water. Um, you know, you won't care. This is, this is what you're going for. <laughs> you don't care uh, if he returns with a bouquet full of promises and bundles of bliss on a silver platter because his words are lies and he really believes his own bullshit. He does. He believes his own lies. So he's, it's not like he's really lying because he believes it. You don't care how he spends his time, what his favorite things are now, what shows he's watching on Netflix or what music he's listening to or how he's doing because he is a shapeshifter and what he loves today He's going to hate it tomorrow and he's not even going to remember ever loving it. Wow. Isn't that the mind blowing tragedy of it all? Um, you don't care if he's alive or dead since actually, you know, he died a long time ago and is only masquerading in a skin suit made from pieces of the shattered hearts he has shredded to pieces as he rips through partners like a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> I love Cheetos. Okay. I'm not finished yet. You don't care if he paints you like the crazy clingy psycho um, as he makes his pity plays and poor, poor me and claims his victimhood uh, because, you know, time is going to tell the truth. And since they can only be raped and pillaged so many times before it starts to sounding like, you know, suspect or like he's crying wolf or whatever, um, you know, you get the picture. You don't care. That's where we need to be. That's where we need to be, where we don't care. And only when you get to this place where you can honestly say, I don't give a fudge cake will you be free truly free to get on with your life then and only then will no contact become effortless and it will be a regimen a program that you can maintain kind of like uh you know staying off the whatever the sauce <laughs> the opioids staying away from the you know chocolate triple fudge cake with um, whipped cream on it, you know, if you're doing the Weight Watchers thing, you know, you've got to like, just put it on your list like that as a no contact, like stay away. Uh, 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 no, 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 no. This is too dangerous. Don't go down that road. So you're going to get to that place, you know, where, you know, then it will be effortless. You know, why would you want to reach out to a soulless brain damaged defective zombie with character deficits and moral bankruptcy 
you know, until then, it's always going to be a struggle, a temptation. And that seductive drug softly whispering in your ear. You will know when you are healed and whole and recovered. Uh, IDGAF will be your automatic and immediate reaction to the narcissist. And you will regain all your power. Live strong, narc troopers. Keep going. Liberation is available. You can get there. And you will know you have arrived when... You no longer give two F's about the narcissist and let's all say it together. You don't care. You don't care anymore about any of those things. I'll leave you with this. You ought to just make your own list of like, like what, you, you know, when you get to the place where you can really celebrate and say, I am finally after blank amount of months or years finally, finally recovered from this horrific nightmare of an experience loving this person who is just like so empty and so sick. I'm finally recovered because I don't care. And then make your own little I don't care list. I don't care if he does such and such and such and such. I don't care if he blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and then like post it up. Post it on the bathroom mirror so when you're brushing your teeth, you can remind yourself, I don't care. You know, I don't care who he's banging. (laughs) You know, she's maybe young and cuter than I am or whatever, but you know, he doesn't. Poor her, you know, you should feel sorry for her. He's going to break her heart the way he did yours. There's not, it's no different. Maybe he does think he's infatuated now. So what? I don't care because it's going to end the same way because he's, not okay. He's never going to be okay. So you have to get to that place where you just don't care. So have fun with that. Make your own list. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And just read it every day and you will get there to the, I don't care place where you just don't give a, um, let's see what starts with F. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Bye guys. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 